0: you lift up your voice and love him this morning hallelujah lord we bless your name today we glorify you this morning hallelujah lord you're worthy of praise today lord you're worthy of praise this morning hallelujah 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 I want you to come at 530 tonight. Sharp, sharp, sharp. We're going to war in the Holy Ghost. I confess to you, I'm a little frustrated this morning. Not at people. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities. God is about, I'm going to share some things tonight that um, God is taking us this year in the next few months. It's going to be very exciting. I believe I preached, I don't know if it was last Sunday morning, uh, about the turbulence of the next level. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 19 that the creature is earnestly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm going to preach from that scripture tonight. There are some things happening in the spirit realm. There is a launching that is going forth. I, I, we're going to talk about it tonight. I'm going to preach about it. And we're going to activate our faith tonight, but, um, there's a transition that's happening in the Holy ghost. God has brought us to a place where it's, it's time to put feet on our faith yes. and believe the promises of God. Praise God. How many want to believe the promises of God with me? Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3, uh, beginning with verse number 7. Know ye therefore, that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse number 14 says that the blessing, or no, 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I'm going to preach this, this morning from this title? We don't have to wait any longer. Yeah. We don't have to wait any longer. Now I'm going to preach this morning. What I'm going to preach this morning is going to directly tie into tonight. So uh, if you miss tonight, you'll get half. It, it's you know it's it's real good, but you only get half the good if you get this morning. I'm going to preach. We don't have to wait any longer. Be seated this morning. God is a promise keeper. When he makes a promise, he is not going to fail in keeping his promises. The Bible is full of the promises of God. And when God says it, it doesn't automatically mean it's going to come into being in your life just because he said it. It's going to come into fruition because I believe the word of God. When God gives a promise, if I stand back and say, well, we'll see, you're not going to see that promise fulfilled in your life. But when we get a hold of the word of God and say, that promise is for me, and it's for me right now, it's for God to begin to do it in my life, and I choose to believe the word of God, that's when we will see the promises of God fulfilled, If we take the approach of, well, God's promised it, it has to happen. I can sit back and twiddle my thumbs and not engage my spirit in the promises of God. We will miss it. Esau is an interesting character. I begin to meditate on the story of Jacob and Esau the last few days. And and this may not necessarily be brand new revelation, but it struck me, it struck a chord in my spirit, and uh, I just I just thought about the story, and and the Bible tells us how Esau and Jacob, uh, Jacob was the younger, Esau was the elder, by traditional uh, custom, Esau should have been the rightful or was the rightful uh, bearer of the family. He would have been the next patriarch after Isaac. As we read in the, the, the word of God, the patriarchs should read Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That's the way it should read. But it, it is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it is because of a very simple reason, a very simple reason, When Esau was out hunting, he comes back into the tent, and there is Jacob sitting there, and the Bible says he was making a bowl of soup. The Bible tells us Esau was a man of the field, and Jacob was a man that dwelled in tents. Two polar opposite men. Jacob wanted what Esau had, and Esau did not value what was rightfully given to him. What was rightfully his was the birthright. He was born first. Therefore, simply for the fact that he came out first, he would be the leader of the family. Everything would pass to him and would be in his name. And he's out hunting one day and he comes in from the field and he's very hungry. And there is is Jacob making a bowl of soup. Jacob knew how to cook. And Esau comes in hungry and says, can I have some of what you're making? And Jacob looks at him and says, I'll give you a bowl right now. All you've got to do is give me your birthright. Now, understanding how wealthy the family is or was at that time, hundreds of servants, employees in the family business, surely Esau could have walked into another tent where somebody had food. You can't tell me nobody had food in the camp. There was food somewhere. Esau could have gone somewhere and gotten something to eat and retained his birthright. But in a moment that that really revealed the fact that his flesh was not in control, he lost his birthright simply because his flesh was not under control. He says in that moment, "What good is it if I? What good is my birthright if I die, bro? If you're standing there having a conversation, you're not about to die. Your flesh is just not in control. You just don't have control of yourself. And if you'll get yourself under control, then you can retain what God has already rightfully given to you for you to have." And this is why Esau loses the birthright is simply because his flesh was not under control. He couldn't make his flesh come under obedience to to his birthright and retain what was already given to him and what God had rightfully, according to the tradition and God, was honoring, going to honor that tradition. But Esau let his flesh be in control. Your flesh will rob you of everything that God has for you. Even if God said, this is yours, it's rightfully yours. But the biggest battle you are going to have is is your flesh of whether or not your flesh is going to dictate what is rightfully yours. The word of God tells us what is rightfully ours. The only thing that stands in the way of obtaining or retaining what God has given us is our flesh. Somebody say amen. I'm not trying to plow this morning. Maybe I don't know what. Our flesh will your your flesh will stand in the way from you having everything God has intended for you. You can have a a boring relationship with God, and that's the only way that you know how to describe it. Because living for God or going to church or praying is like nails on a chalkboard to your spirit because you never got your flesh under control dread going to church, dread doing what I gotta do, because all oh, for the simple reason, if you've never got to the place where your flesh wasn't in control and let go of everything that your flesh tells you is valuable. Your flesh will constantly tell you everything that is valuable to your flesh every day. Your flesh will tell you and talk to you and convince you the things that you need that are only fleshly and carnal, but at the end of the day, it leaves you empty, and then, therefore, you try to do what the, the Spirit things you think you're supposed to do or you uh, you desire to do but because your flesh is not in control it's this cycle of of mediocrity that you live in never experiencing a breakthrough never getting to the place of having abundant life in Jesus Christ where your flesh is dead and you are alive in Christ and never experiencing the true joy of serving and living for God never experiencing the true victory of the Holy Ghost it's all just one week at a time, just doing what I gotta do to make myself feel a little bit spiritual. Let me tell you, God has promises for you and God has promises for this church and the only thing standing between us and the promises of God is simply our will and our desire and our flesh. Let me tell you this morning that there are promises that God has given us and we are going to obtain the promises of God that he has given us. God has brought us to a point right now that it's time to either activate, it's either time to put up or shut up. That's the way I feel in the Holy Ghost. It's either time to do what God has told us he's going to do, or we just need to stop talking about it all together. We've talked about it for long enough. It's time for us to say, God, you have promised us revival. You have promised us harvest. You have promised us in time apostolic harvest. We are going to put feet to our faith. And to the promises of God and believe that we don't have to wait any longer. Clap your hands and magnify God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a promise that God gave all the way through faithful Abraham the promise that was going to come all the way through Abraham, the Bible tells us, is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is what God had in mind when he spoke to Abram and Ur of the Chaldees and said, come out from among your family and I'll take you to a place that I will show you. It was all about the infilling of the spirit of God. It was all about God forming a people and bringing them unto himself. It was all about God calling out a people that would be reserved for him and for him alone. It was all about God taking people that were wretched and sinful and far away from him and, and filling them with his spirit and giving them power to overcome every obstacle in front of them. The Bible tells us that before that that, that the Lamb of God was slain, before the foundation of the earth, God had a plan long before uh, earth was even created and, and creation had taken place and that was man would be created and he would fall and be sinful but there would be a redeeming plan Through Jesus Christ, that He might fill them with the Holy Ghost. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. If the message of Jesus Christ is preached without the promise of the Spirit through faith, it is an incomplete message. It was what was the first sermon that was preached on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached about Jesus because through Jesus the promise of the Spirit would be poured out. It would be poured out on 3,000 people after the message of Jesus Christ was preached because through Jesus Christ would come the promise of the Spirit which came through faithful Abraham. I want to tell you that God has given you a promise whether you even realize it or not. Or not and 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 God has a promise for you this morning the first promise that he has for you is that he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues today it is the word of God it is the promise of God a promise that was not made up yesterday or last week or, 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 or last month but the promise of being filled with the Holy Ghost goes all the way back to faithful Abraham this is the reason and God called him out is that through Abraham into Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is a promise. The Holy Ghost is God saying, I will give you my spirit. I promise I will give it to you. Uh, It is my word. I will give you part of me to reside within you. It is the promise of the word of God. So, therefore, we don't have to beg for it. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to rationalize it. It is the word of God that he would give us his spirit. It's a promise. You received it if you have the Holy Ghost here today. You received a promise from God that that that, that promise originated a long time before you ever received it. God had you in mind years ago Long, a long time before you ever received the promise of God, God made a promise to humanity and said, I'm going to fill them with my spirit. At a time, there was a time period where it was impossible. We could not receive the spirit of God, but through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, it, was, it, it went out from the Jewish people into the Gentile people, to the heathens. We as Gentile people, we... We are the heathens that the Bible is talking about. See, back during the time of the law, God's people were God's people. They were the Jewish people. Everybody else, just a bunch of heathens. Separated from God, not a part of his plan. Not reached to. But through the promise that was made to Abraham... The whole purpose of Abraham's calling out and God leading him out of Ur of the Chaldees was not to just establish a people that would live in a country around on the other side of the world, but that the spirit of God would be poured out in every person that chooses to believe and receive the word of God. All you've got to do is believe the promises of God. All you've got to do is simply say, God, I choose to believe that your promises are for me and I'm going to begin to walk in your promise. It may be the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is the promise that is right before you that God wants to prove to you today and God wants to fill you with today. But if you have the Holy Ghost, that's not the last promise. That's just the first promise that he has for you. You can look into the word of God and say, God, I'm going to believe the promises of God. I'm going to believe your word. I I don't have to wait till tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but I'm going to begin to believe the promise promises of God because I don't have to wait any longer. (laughs) Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which saith he, he we uh, ye have heard of me, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And they were sent to the upper room. Jesus told them, Go and wait for the promise of the Father. There are many, many people in this in this city right now that are waiting for the promise of the Father. The only thing is, is they don't understand what exactly it is that they are waiting for. they're spirit is hungering after something. Their spirit is hungry for something that they don't know what exactly it is. All they know is they are empty and they may feel like they're waiting on their big break or they're waiting on their big pay raise or their their job promotion or they're waiting on that thing in life that brings them fulfillment. Let me tell you that if the, anybody that does not have the Holy Ghost, that has never experienced the, the new birth, their spirit is hungry and empty and Waiting on something and searching for something that will bring them fulfillment without fail. Every person that has not experienced the Holy Ghost is empty, and there's a piece of them, there's a part of them that's simply waiting and saying, "I'm waiting for that day where I where I come and and come to a place of fulfillment, and that that place of unfulfillment in my life is taken care of." What they do not understand is their soul is hungry for one thing that only God can do for them. They will find it nowhere else. They will find it in no earthly pleasure. They will find it in no measure of success in this earth. What they are doing is they are in fact waiting for something to transpire. And let me tell you about the promise of God. God has promised that he will fill them. And God has promised that he will touch them. Those that would come to him and that would believe there are many people that are waiting today. But let me tell you, you don't have to wait any longer for the promise of God. God can fulfill his promises in your life today. Would you lift up your hands to the Lord right now and lift your voice to him and let me say, God, I want to, I want to see your promises fulfilled in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to see it. I don't want to live a promiseless life. I don't want to to live a futureless life in the church trying to do my religious duty. But God wants us to grab a hold of the promise of God and say, I'm going to chase after it. I'm going to pursue after it. I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to see God do it in my life. Luke chapter 24. Beginning with verse number 45, it says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high in the original in this first outpouring of the Holy Ghost Jesus sent them to Jerusalem to a place where they would tarry they would wait for the promise of the Father to come upon them and 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 they they go to Jerusalem and they and they begin what would be a 10-day prayer meeting essentially and on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost is poured out and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This was the promise. This was what God, his plan in humanity was trying to take them through all the way beginning with Father Abraham being called out of Ur of the Chaldees and bringing them out. This was the promise of God to humanity that those that were hungry for him would be able to receive his promise. God has a promise for you this morning. You may not be aware of it today, but God has a promise for each and every individual here today. There are promises in the word of God for you today that when you get a hold of the promises of God, and you begin to pursue after it. You begin to believe that it is for you and that God wants to do it. God will fulfill his promise in you. Let me tell you that God has promised this church many times over great revival and harvest. He has promised it to us. There is a promise from God that, that has been given to us over the years that God is going to pour out in time apostolic revival and harvest that we would be a part of God in time plan and I don't know how you feel this morning but I I feel like it's time for us to quit waiting on the promises of God and to start believing with our actions that God is going to pour out his spirit and God is going to do it through you and through I he is going to and he's going to do it through my hands. He's going to do it through each and every person that chooses to to say, I believe the promise of God. And if God said it, I believe it. And if I will believe it, I will see it come to pass. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord and give him praise in this place this morning. There was fulfillment in your life that 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 took that came into your life when you received the Holy Ghost. There's no person alive that has true fulfillment until they receive the promise of the Father. There is no person alive that knows what true fulfillment is in their spirit until they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, but there are some of you sitting here today that you have the Holy Ghost and you are unfulfilled. I can tell you why is God didn't intend for you to just receive one promise and then walk on and that be the only promise you ever receive in your life. No, God's got more than just one promise for you. God's got deeper things in his spirit for you. God's got greater things in the word of God for you. God has promises that he's wanting you to lay claim to and say, I will receive the promise of God and I will, I will see it fulfilled in my life. And when you get a hold of the promises of God and you get a hold of where God for fulfillment that's going to come back to your life that you haven't had in a long, long time. God is a promise keeper. God did not God have, the Bible says, hath God said it and shall he not perform it? God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Hear me this morning that God is a promise keeper. He is going to fulfill his promises in your life and he's going to fulfill them in this congregation. One more time, lift up your hands to the Lord and lift up your Boys and say, God, I'm not gonna miss your promises. I'm not gonna let my flesh cause me to miss the promise of God. Hallelujah if we don't see the promises of God fulfilled, we will slip into a passionless Pentecost. If we are not chasing the promises of God and, and have heard from God and say, God, I'm going where you will lead me and I'm going to walk in your promises. we uh, I say we we as a congregation and we as a Pentecostal movement, whoever it is, whoever it applies to, will slip into a passionless state of just going to church a Sunday after Sunday doing my religious duty without any life in our spirit and any life in our walk with God, I'm going to tell you that there's going to be fresh life spring into your spirit. There's going to be fresh life come into your home. There's going to be fresh life come into your heart when you say, I'm going to start believing what the word of God says. I'm going after God's promises and I'm going to pursue after them. It is a sobering truth that the only thing that kept Esau from being the third patriarch was his flesh. He just chose in the moment to appease his flesh. He could have waited. He could have. He could have caused. He could have brought his flesh under control and said, "I will not. I'll go get something to eat later because my birthright means more than something I can obtain in the here and now that is just temporal." He gave up his birthright for something that his body would expel a few hours later. That's what it was worth to him for just a bowl of soup and it was gone in a few hours. Just to please him in the here and now, just making his flesh comfortable because he didn't want to wait a few minutes to find something else to eat. But when the church rises up out of the, 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 the temptation to please my flesh in the here and now and the, the willingness to be uncomfortable right now so I can have my birthright later. When I'm willing to be uncomfortable right now because I've got my eyes set on something that is far greater than just something temporal that will please me temporarily, let me tell you, that's when the church is going to retain and have what God has intended for us to have, just like Esau should have had his birthright. There's going to be somebody that is lurking in the shadows, waiting for somebody that does not value what God has rightfully given unto them. There's going to be a Jacob somewhere that says, Okay, Esau all, if you don't want what God has given you rightfully, I'm going to try to get it from you. But I want to tell you this morning, there's got to be something within us that says, God, I don't want to have anything less than what you have intended for me. I'm not okay with dead church. I'm not okay with a mediocre walk with God. I'm not okay with struggling week in and week out. I'm not okay with my family being in trouble and my children being in trouble and trying to live life week to week and just go through the motions." of clapping my hands a few times and patting myself on the back that I went to church. God, I've got to have something deeper. I've got to have something greater. I've got to be used of you. I've got to have the greatest fulfillment that can only be found in seeing the promises of God fulfilled in my life. Oh, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. There's got to be a hunger within you. Hallelujah, if your flesh dictates what you do in the here and now, you may very well lose what God has for you. You know what that means? I, I, instead of Esau being the patriarch, he was, he was second fiddle to his brother. You know, let, let's apply it to here and now. Yeah, you might have the Holy Ghost, but you'll have a powerless life. Yeah, you may. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that you'll speak in tongues, but you have no dominion over temptation in your life. Who I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah, you may talk in tongues and lift your hands, but but you have other things going on on the side when nobody else is looking because you don't have dominion in your life, and and you've never conquered anything in your life. There's there's a passionless Pentecost that you can have and make yourself feel like everything is good, but meanwhile, all 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 the while behind the scenes, life isn't like you present it to everybody at church. There there can be that place where you lose. What God had intended for you to have simply because you wouldn't break your flesh and say, I will live for God, I will be faithful, I will pursue after God. And all because of that, there's somebody that's that, that God sees and says they want it more than you do. So they're gonna they're gonna obtain what should have been yours. I don't want to be in a place where God says, Well, Aaron, you wouldn't break your flesh, so you're not gonna have what I intended for you to have. I refuse. No, there's no price that is too high. There is There's no cost that is too great for me to miss the promises of God. Oh, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Let's stand on our feet in this place right now and lift up your hands and lift up. I'm not done preaching, but lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now. Somebody call out to God in this place right now. God, I can't live like this. Come on, somebody close your eyes. Quit looking around and and focus on the Lord right now, God. I don't want to miss it. God, I don't want to miss it. God, I don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. 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 Lord don't let our flesh lull us to sleep and miss the promise I don't want to miss the promise because of my flesh because of my willingness to be satisfied here and now be seated this morning Esau took the easy route and ate right then and pleased his flesh and he missed the promise of God He missed the birthright. He gave up his birthright because his flesh was in control. He just didn't feel like it. It really came down to that. He just didn't feel like it. God will never, the story of Noah should scare everybody to death. The number eight should scare everybody to death because God will not sacrifice quality for quantity he won't do it God if there's anybody ever preaching well we just need to lower our standards to get more people they, they didn't get that from the Bible they certainly didn't get it from the story of Noah because God never lowers his standard for more people doesn't do it God doesn't change things so more people will come The word of God is the word of God. The promises of God are for those that will believe and take hold of the promise and say, this means more to me than everything else. It means more to me than my current creature comforts it means more to me than what my flesh can have as opposed to the promises of God that will cost me something and there's got to be something inside of us that says God I don't want to miss your plan for me I don't want to I I, I cannot afford to uh, to miss the perfect will of God in my life all because I just didn't feel like doing what I needed to do just didn't feel like Bible says that Esau sought a place of repentance, there are no, or found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. What that means is he boo and cried a lot, but never changed. He boo and cried a lot, but he never got his flesh under control, did a lot of crying, had a lot of remorse, but there's a difference between remorse and repentance. There's a difference in feeling bad about something and saying, I am going to change how I'm living. Because when you say, I'm going to change how I'm living in true repentance, what that is, is that's bringing your flesh under control and say, flesh, you will not dictate where my soul goes. You will not dictate what happens in my life. And and, and the promises of God are are for everybody, but the only thing that stands between us and the promises of God is simply uh, activating our faith and saying I'm going to put feet to my faith. I'm going to begin to actively believe that God will fulfill his promise. The promises of God to this congregation, I'm going to preach more about it tonight, is that God is uh, is going to bring about revival and harvest and I feel an urgency uh, uh, of the hour uh, in a way that I never have before let me tell you that if we think everything's gonna go back to normal it's never going back to normal again uh, uh, pre- 2018 we're gonna refer to that as the good old days and that's the days where everything was a lot easier let me tell you the spirit that has been loosed in the earth is never going to it's never just going to go away and there's a shifting and there is a shaking and there is a separation that is happening In the church, and God is trying to find out are you going to battle through the the, the struggles of the hour in order to obtain my promises, in order to be a part of my church, in order to be truly called out and be a part of who I have called you to be and who I want you to be? God is calling us there, He wants us to be there, but He will not force anybody to be there, He will not force anybody to be a part of His kingdom. It's got to mean more to you than anything else. Else means to you in your life it's got to be that thing that I say I will not I will not give up my birthright I will not give up the promises of God in my life for something that is temporal for temporal comfort or for temporal pleasure I will not allow God to pass me by just simply because I didn't feel like engaging my flesh but I'm hungry to see God use me in this last day and last hour God is going to use you to help reap the final harvest it is going to come through you it is going to come through his church that you do great exploits in the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us, and I'm just about done, the promise of the Father was that he would give us power. Power is that one thing that has corrupted everybody in human history, the lust for power. We're watching it play out right now. The desire to be the one in control and have the ability and the power to to change worldwide and global uh, events and and, and make decisions that, that affect the world. It is a lust for power. But what God gives to his church is that very thing that humanity is lusting after he gives to the church power what are we doing with our power what are we doing with our promise the promise was power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover what am I doing with my pro- the first promise that I got? It's time for us to take that first promise and start to do something with that first promise. When I do something with that first promise, I am then coming into a place of fulfillment of why he gave it to me. So what does this have to do with the church? When, when, when I begin to activate and walk in the promise that he has already given me, the Holy Ghost, and I begin to bring into fulfillment that promise which was, which was given to me that I'm supposed to already be using, I then begin to step into a place of being ultimately a part of his church and the end time harvest because it's by miracle signs and wonders that God is going to confirm his word to lost and dying people. It's not going to be through your good theology. You're not going to preach to people and then they're going to get healed. No, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover and then they're, they're going to hear what you have to say. That's walking in the promise of God. We don't have to wait any longer. I'm going to finish this tonight. But God's about ready to fill some up with the Holy Ghost this morning. Stand to your feet right now. Let's come around the front. Hallelujah. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues... You can receive it this morning. It's very easy. It is a gift that God said he would give us. All we've got to do is repent. Just like Christmas, you just receive the gift. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, the water is warm, you can be baptized this morning. If you're baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, I admire anybody that was baptized way. The only problem with that is there was nobody that was baptized that way in the Bible. You must be baptized in the only way that they did it in the Bible, and that is in the name of Jesus Christ. And then, when that happens, your sins are remitted. What that means is until my sins have been remitted, they're still in my heart. And I can't go to heaven with sin in my heart. All we got to do is obey the Scripture. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands to the Lord right now. If you're hungry for God today, if you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I encourage you right now, lift up your hands as high as you can get them unto the Lord. God, look around you. Hallelujah. God's going to do work here this morning. He's still fulfilling his promises. He's still keeping his promises in the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe that you're going to fulfill your promise this morning in the name of Jesus. If you will lift up your voice unto the Lord out loud so he can hear you, you'll begin to lift up your voice. You're going to feel something wash over your spirit And God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You're going to begin to speak words that make no sense to the natural mind. Do not fear it. It is the Holy Ghost. It is the evidence of the Spirit of God. Saints of God, let's extend our faith right now to the Lord in the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name. Receive you the Holy Ghost this morning in Jesus' name. with somebody, saints of God, find somebody right now and pray with them. God's going to fulfill his promises. He is a promise keeper in the name of Jesus. He's going to do it in Jesus' name. He's going to heal. It is his promise. He's going to heal you on the inside. He's going to heal you on the outside. It is the promise of God. It is the promise of God.